the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Pitch, co-promotion of course with Football CFB and I am delighted to have on here, of course, my regular co-host there, Callum, but also Mark Goldbridge from the Brilliant United Stand. Uh, Mark has been doing my show now on and off for, well, I've had you on a couple of times now and I've done your show a couple of times, so always good to have you on. How are you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, mate. It's, it's nice, actually. Uh, it's one of the first things I've done on lockdown, been on somebody else's show. I've spoken <laughs> to so many people, but it's nice to be a guest. So, yeah, I hope you're all well as well. Yes, well, good. So how have you been doing during this lockdown? How has it changed the United Stands? Has it changed how you've recorded content? Because it's been very hard, obviously, with no games. So um, what have you been doing to keep content fresh? Um, I mean, look, you know what? I suppose the transfer windows come early because we've started talking yeah. about our transfers a lot. Um, we've maintained the 8 o'clock show every night. Um, and I think that one of the things that's great about our community is that you can probably just go live and talk about your shopping and, and people would what people would talk. But uh it's been weird. I thought the first two weeks it was going to be really tough to, to fill. And I knew it would go until June. I thought at least June. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but I think after that first couple of weeks, um, it's it sort of flown by, although it just I, it feels so long since Manchester United played. But we've sort of got into this weird groove that I don't even understand what it is we're doing. We're still doing the content and there's always, there's always something to talk about. But I think that's just Manchester United. We're always, we're multi-layered, aren't we? I don't know how, I don't think other clubs are the same. One of the things I'm interested to ask you, Mark, I've started Football CFB and it's grown quite quickly, but the United stand is absolutely massive. And in terms of the growth of that, obviously, you know this yourself, the the one downside that comes with a successful platform can be online abuse from people that want to prove they're a bigger United fan than somebody else, for instance. And how tough can that be mentally? Because I noticed in Twitter things that people make memes and things about you. Does that bother you at all or do you just brush it off? I think um, I was actually talking to somebody from a Liverpool channel the other day, uh, Craig on Anfield Agenda, and he was sort of biting at things. And I said, look, you will learn over time that ultimately, if you've got 10 people, one will dislike you. If you've got 110, will dislike you. More people dislike you, the bigger you get, but it's still the same ratio. Um, so that's the way I look at it. And also, I think with experience, I'm sure Phil would agree with this, because I've seen Phil react to stuff over the years. Mm. I think the more you become accustomed to it, the more... You see it for what it is. It's like going around a corner, isn't it? You know, and it's a dark alleyway and you don't know what's down there. When you've walked down that dark alleyway a few times, you know where the, you know where the trips are and everything like that. It's still a scary alleyway, but you, you become more familiar of it at the time. And look, I, I, I almost feel sorry for the people who are doing it because I think sometimes I'll read something. I won't react and I'll go, what mindset do they have to be in to be yeah. saying that? And it won't always be to me. It could be to Phil. It could be to somebody else. And I'll think, what mindset have you got to be to have that? You are not what I would say a decent member of society. And obviously I saw something the other day, I think it's spot on, you know, what, what social media is, it's a mirror. People just chuck stuff at themselves. And I think it's a really good uh, um, uh, sort of description. That is, it says a lot about the person who's saying that, not the person they're saying it to, but it takes time to get used to that. Uh, you, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, uh, I'm a father. Uh, you're a father. We all dread the day our kids have to go through that initiation of going on the internet and finding out that there's a lot of nasty people. And you're quite right. You evolve yourself, obviously, as you age. Less things perturb you. 
Um, and you get used to a certain commentary where you're just going to get negativity that comes with a platform. And you're quite right, the more popular you are, the more allegations get thrown at you. And there's a lot of people out there just find it hard to believe that you're capable of doing something without dark, you know, the deep state behind you, that there's people pulling strings that are paying for you to do things. And, and it can't just be honest organic growth through being a Manchester United fan. Uh, you're quite right, I've reacted to things in the past. And some of that has also been a reflection of my own mental state, that I haven't been always been in a good place when something's come at me. But I've learned over the years um, just to ignore most of it, to not react to a lot of it. Um, and uh, because one of the things that you do when you react to it is you immediately give that person your platform. They may only have 10, 15 followers that nobody sees. The minute you react to it, there's now 100 or 1,000 people on your platform that gets eyes on that and don't give the, don't amplify those points of view. So it's great that you said, Mark, because one of the things that we see, especially, we, we, you know, um, Callum here interviewed Luke Chadwick and Gary Lineker and Nick Hancock and everything have had to come back and apologize. History is not kind to people who do this, who go online, who abuse people for whatever reason. Hopefully the lessons are being learned. We're very big on mental health ourselves. We do a lot about this, but you're still a human being. So, um, do you, do, do you talk, I mean, we talk about rants and everything. People are entitled to their own opinion, but some of the reaction to that opinion really is disgraceful and toxic. Uh, how do the other lads deal with it? Are they okay? Um, yeah, look, I think that you've got, uh, I think Flex is one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's sure. hardworking. He's been a real asset to the channel. I think he's probably the most level-headed of all of us, you know, mm. um, I like to think I'm the best because I, I, I will give I will give <laughs> praise when it's when it's required, but I'll also be very honest when it's not. Whereas I think Flex is he tries to see he's a half uh, glass half full. He'll try and find the positive, um, but he, he'll be down at the grounds and he'll get these fans who've been going for years, or maybe just somebody who's a bit full of beer, and, and they'll be shouting all sorts of stuff, and, and that's very that's very unfair because he's his own person. And, you know, just because he's on the United stand, he doesn't represent me, doesn't represent rants. Uh, but it, I think it's, I think it's a general thing. I think people just don't like the United stand. A lot of it's based on what I know are lies. And a lot of it's based on um, not liking the changing world that we're in. And that's why, you know, you look at some of the things I've seen, you know, you know, the, the, unfortunately the person who lost their life over in America recently, some, some, human psyche just cannot move on from the past they don't like change yes, and those I things will always agree. be there um, but rants rants i mean rants <laughs> unless he's hiding it i just don't think it, i think it's water off a duck's back and i've even said to him before you know the george best stuff etc it's um i don't agree with it he knows i don't agree with it sure. but you know he, he's his own man i always say that mm -hmm. in agree terms of the united Standmark, you mentioned the fact that you've maintained the eight o'clock daily show which is fantastic what plans have you got for the future? Because it's, it's, it's forever growing. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, you know, we're a YouTube channel, but who knows? Like there's, there's other, there's other areas we could look at. I think the, 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 the great thing about the United stand and maybe the problem with the United stand is that we do and always have done quite a lot of content. So it's hard to go, right, we're going to do a podcast now or right. We're going right. to go on Twitch now, or, or we're going to do something else because we do tend to just, react very quickly and put our content out on YouTube. So I think that, look, you, we're, we're all on social media, we're all on Twitter, we're all on Instagram. I think it's just a bit of suck it and see at the moment because I don't know what the, what the future football world is going to be. I think it's quite interesting that in this lockdown, 
you've seen the mainstream media and not just in football, but let's keep it on Sky Sports, having to do what we're doing now. And, and I know this is a podcast, but we can see each other now with our own mm-hmm. setups. This isn't now amateur. This is now what you're going to see on Sky Sports and BBC right. and everything at the moment. So the world, I think the mainstream media have been opened up to this world that we've operated in for quite a while. I don't think they can do it as well. But I do think um, I do think that there might be a different world. Well, it will be a different world that we come out of, and I doubt everything's just going to go back to normal. So that could be opportunities for podcasts and YouTubers, or it could be opportunities for mainstream media to try and to come into our world. So I always have. I always just think if we're still doing this in a year's time and we're growing, that's good. Well, I think that um, we operate in our own space. There's a lot mainstream media can't do that we can do. They're censored. There's there's a lot of uh, heavily censorship on their messages. We don't have to deal with that, of course. Uh, we're not beholden to, well, I don't know what the equivalent they have, is over there with the FCC over here that regulate airways and everything else with what you kind of can't say. And I think that's good that we have content that exists in that space because I don't try to copy what Sky Sports do. They do it much better than I do. They have a lot more money than I do. Um, but um, when you look at these channels, a lot of people look at them from the outside and think that they're easy, but they're not easy. And they require a lot of preparation <laughs> and broadcasting is not easy. Um, I do a boxing podcast with um, a, a, an ex-world champion fighter, and he has told me that the broadcasting side is so much harder than the boxing side. You know, he's, everything's live. You don't recover. You know, obviously, they're difficult in their own their own right. But um, how does it affect your family life by having to react? You know, if something happens, you have to be able to go live quickly. Um, I know I've got a wife and four kids, and there's times my wife wants to strangle me for doing this. So <laughs> I might, how, how is it for you managing your family life doing this? I mean, well, you know, I've got a little one. Uh, I've got three. Um, Seb's the youngest. He's just coming up for. He's, he's just coming up for three. He's actually upstairs at the moment with with a temperature. So the wife's lying up with him, and oh, I was no. like, I was like, can I do the podcast? And she was like, Yeah, of course you can. And that's the thing for me. I've got somebody behind me who is just. I, I get I get the support now because she can see that that the size of the channel and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I I'll always be in awe of the fact that she gave me that support when we yep. had like 50 people watching. Yep. And I'm saying I'm not going to that family barbecue because I'm going to watch Man United mm-hmm. play Stoke and do a watch along. And she's like, "You've got like 100 subscribers." So it's like, yeah, no, but she agree, never said agree. that. Yep, she never said that. So I'm very lucky to have. Have, have her behind me and I you know I, I think that there is that saying isn't there every great man's got a, a, a great woman behind them mm-hmm. and I don't you know that's a bit you know old school sort of saying but I, I certainly think to be successful whatever relationship you're in whatever friendship you've got whatever family you've got I do think you need to have people behind you to support you because very very I think there's been so many times I wouldn't have done it if I did, hadn't had that so yeah I'm, I'm very lucky in that sense because I've been in relationships before where there's no way they would put up with it so it's, sure. it's all worked out well really absolutely and <clears throat> to bring it on to, to united now we had kieran Maguire on the global football show this week and we were talking to him about the dividends that the glazers take out of the club and i know reuters have reported today that manchester united are taking 140 million pounds of credit out you have been very vocal about that mark saying that if it's to do with the transfer window, why on earth would they be taking that out now? Because we don't know when the transfer window is going to open. So the question I've got for you is, what do you think they're going to be using that money for? Um, I mean, like, I'm, a, I'm, look, I'm not a financial expert by any means, but I know last week they said they've got 90 million sort of you know, cash in hand mm-hmm. and they've got this facility that they, they need to go into it. 
within a week we're going into it so for me that's 140 150 plus 90 so that's 240 million pounds we've got why do we need to draw down 140 million pounds for transfer fees when we're not buying anyone till august and also mm -hmm. we're, we're very clever astute business people at united you're paying interest on that money for three right. or four months before you're going to spend it so look we will need i said it last week the 90 million we've got the 140 million we've got a lot of that's going to have to be, or, or a certain proportion of it's going to have to be towards the running costs. The reason we're going to be in a better position than an Arsenal or, or, a, or a Norwich is because we have got a business model. So I would imagine some of that money will be going to that. I do think that we will have money for transfers. I'm not saying we're not going to buy transfers, but I don't think we've got a £150 million transfer budget because they've drawn that down. That money will be, I would suspect, being used for a lot of other things. Uh, and look, our last two or three transfer windows, it's been a 60 million net spend. So maybe they're going to prove me wrong and I'll applaud them if they do. But I'm I'm always going to be sceptical until they prove me otherwise, I'm afraid. Well, I think you must also accept that Bruno Fernandes saying and will come out of this summer's transfer budget. So for, you know, we're talking 150 million, you can say 60 has already been spent, which would leave enough per, perhaps for someone like a Jadon Sancho. I do think you would desperately want a Jadon Sancho, but... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Ali K on the show tomorrow. He's done this fantastic piece, of course, in the Athletic uh, on the Glazers, which will reveal a lot about what their intentions are with Joe Glazer, his involvement with scout and everything, which really does concern me. Um, what do you think United will do this summer? Do you think, in terms of incomings and outgoings, do you, do you think that uh, Sancho and one or two others, or do you think it'll just be Sancho, or maybe not even Sancho, because there's going to be a lot of top clubs, Mark, that are going to be selling off fringe players that are still exceptional players, like Barcelona will be selling off players that are very, very good players that may end up interesting United. We sell them cheap. I think, I think it's going to be a really interesting transfer window, and I think whoever you talk to everyone's got a different idea i mean for me if we just get sancho that's a good window because that's mm -hmm. a position we need and i think he's the best for that if we get sancho and bellingham that's an even better window because mm -hmm. i think bellingham can play in the midfield and he's one for the future and if we get sancho bellingham and Grealish, or sancho bellingham and a striker that's an even better window but i do agree with you as well i think you've got to throw into you don't get sancho because you know i've been into many transfer windows recently and gone we're going to get Griezmann, we're going to yeah. get Bruno, and we didn't. So why would this one be any different? I think United want to get Sancho. There's so many people talking about it. I've had people talking to me, I'm sure you have as well. Um, I think Sancho wants to come to us, but I think yeah. Champions League football will be a factor. But I, I think if we do come out with Sancho, that's a good window. But what I have said is, if I was in charge, I would just stretch myself a little bit because a lot of people, it's like, it's like running a race and people can't enter because they've got a hamstring injury they will be back in the race next year and we're trying to we're trying to close a gap anyway so we could we could maybe get sancho bellingham and averna stretch ourselves a little bit but close a really big gap on city and liverpool that they're not going to be able to do but next year they will so i don't know whether that's the united way at the moment yeah. and we need your help mark to 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 get over this argument Phil and I have been having, we've been linked with Raul Jimenez, who I think is a good striker, and I think he would add something to United. Phil disagrees. What's your opinion? I, I like him. You know what? I get a lot of stick on the United standard as well about this because his, his age doesn't fit right, I've got to admit, and I'm a hypocrite for saying this because I think if you're over 28, we've got a bad record. But I don't think there's a massive difference between Raul Jimenez and Harry Kane, apart from the fact that Harry Kane's a, a little bit better. And a lot more expensive. I mean, Raul Jimenez, he's done it in a poorish sort of Wolves team. And he's got, a, he offers us something different. And he's got 
good technique. He's got, you know, for the size, he's, he offers a bit of flair that Harry Kane wouldn't. So I think if he was happy to come to United and be the striker that goes on the bench and if Martial's playing badly, maybe works his way into the team, I think he'd be a really good asset to the club for a couple of years. Um, I don't think we'll get him, though. <laughs> well, here, here's my view on this. A um, couple of things. First of all, at the moment, Raul Jimenez has demonstrated he can be successful at one club. He failed at every other club, with the exception of Mexico. In Mexico, I live amongst a lot of Mexicans. They do not rate him particularly highly. Um, and <clears throat> when you look at why the United got rid of Lukaku, who was a big target man, um, didn't really fit the intricate way United wanted to play, and I accept that to get Jimenez that sits on the bench, who will give you something different than what United currently have, okay, but... I don't see United spending the money that allegedly Wills would be happy to sell him for, $60 million for a 29-year-old to sit on the bench. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, I don't think he wouldn't bring anything to United. I just don't think that deal makes sense for United. And, um, you know, I think uh, he, he's done well in a Wolves team that's set up to play to his strengths. I, with the way United play, I don't think they play to his strengths. And I, I don't see it happening. What I do think United are starting to do uh, and you can see this with Bellingham, and they're looking at a couple of other South American kids. They're trying to get these young players before they get to that second stage, like they try to get behind before they cost them massive amounts of money. They're trying to improve that scouting, which is something that you know they used to do really, really well. And I want to see them do that. I want to see them go out and send young South American talent like the Gabriel Jesuses and these young players that have turned away, or, or Jude Bellingham before he goes somewhere in the Premier League. Maybe they can ask them for an end two, three years from now that are paying a fortune. I can see them doing something like that. I, I, I do not see I – think, I think they'll try to extend uh, Igalo's loan. Um, he will fill that gap, and he's done quite well uh, without costing United a lot of money. That's, that's just what I feel. I, don't, I mean, I'm not totally against Jimenez. I just don't think all the numbers make sense. No, I think um... – I just, I would go for Werner. That's the one I want. Everyone knows I've, I've said that. I think I would go for a striker that can play across the front three because I think United under Solskjaer in them first three months, Lingard, Rashford and Martial caused people problems because they interchanged and they moved about. And I think the Haaland thing threw me a bit because that was clearly Ollie looking for a six foot something striker to offer him something different. And that's where the Harry Kane and Raul Jimenez sort of stuff sort of comes from. I don't see Liverpool chucking on a six foot three striker and I don't see Man City doing it. So I don't see why we need to. I think you just chuck a different Greenwood on or a, or a Muzzle Dembele or, or a Timo Werner. But um, it'd be interesting to see if we actually do get a striker because that's money yeah. that where are we allocating that money to? You know, Grealish has mm -hmm. mentioned, Bellingham, Sancho. Who's the striker? Where's the money? But I think we do need one because Agarlo, I believe, will go back after this loan. I think he'll complete the season, then he'll go back. So who comes in? That's a very good point in terms of incomings, but I want to get your opinion on outgoings because Lingard, as we know, changed his agent. There's been lots of speculation. He's been offered to clubs in Italy and there's been rumours of Arsenal. I don't see Arsenal taking him right enough. Who do you think needs to leave the club, in your opinion, to, to, get, to free up some maybe extra cash and wages for fresh blood? I think that's the thing. I mean, this, this market, I mean, I think before coronavirus, you probably could expect to get some money for some of these players. And, and now it just depends whether clubs have got the money to go and pay the wages of, I mean, look, I think Phil Jones is meant to be on 80 grand a week, isn't he? So, I mean, who's going to pay that? But I think, look, if I had my way, Lingard would go because he just doesn't, he's not a Manchester United player anymore. It's nothing about, it's nothing about 
disliking the lad. I think he's a likable guy. I think he's clearly had his issues, but ultimately he's had many chances. I, I don't think he's even good enough for the bench anymore. So why would he stay? It's best for him to go. It's best for the club to go. I think uh, Phil Jones should go, um, which is interesting why we gave him a five-year contract last year because Ollie's clearly had enough of him now after that Sheffield United game, but he should have realised that before. Um, Smalling will go, and I think he should go. I like Smalling, but obviously he's got no future. I'd love Alexis Sanchez to go, but I can't see how. I mean, that's the worst deal we've ever done in my lifetime, and I don't see how you offload someone on that money at all. And I think I'd probably... um, I'd probably I'd probably move Pereira on. I I don't see I a future too. for Pereira. So, I think there's a couple of things there. Uh, I want to mention something about uh, Jesse Lingard because uh, some of it you can relate to yourself, and I do think some of this is a generational thing. Um, Jesse Lingard has been slaughtered for a lot of what he has done on social media. But was, and I've been one of one of those people. I had never attacked him personally, but I haven't liked what he has done. And then I really sat down and thought about things. And I thought about, you know, this is a five, 10 second snippet of someone's life. It doesn't really impact their commitment to Manchester United or anything like, like that. And if you look at what the likes of Alex Ferguson done, you know, Alex Ferguson dragged the football club through the mud, um, legend or not, uh, and really paved the way for the Glazers uh, over his greed of a horse. Um, I was listening to an interview on Talk Sport uh, Gordon McQueen was doing about when United were playing in uh, Amsterdam in pre-season friendlies and some, a lot of the players didn't, weren't showing up. They were still drunk from the night before. Uh, obviously, a lot of this wasn't put on social media. So if you go through, human beings are human beings away from their job. They're going to do things. Uh, and I think people like me are of a different generation. are going to get wound up by stupid things. I mean, even the vernacular young kids use, I don't understand most of it. You know, I, I just found out what Peng meant about two weeks ago, you know. And so um, I recognize some of this generation now. Um, and this is just the, the world we live in. Do you think that uh, a lot of the criticism that's leveled at Pogba, Lingard and what have you goes over the top? 100%, yeah. And look, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't like this saying, but I, I just can't stand people who, um, you know, act like their farts don't smell. You know, right. I did I did something on Twitter the other day. Someone was having a go at me on FIFA. I saw their profile pic and I went, oh, shut up, breadstick legs, because he had his legs out and he looked like the sort of person that you'd just be able to take him out in a tackle. And somebody said, <laughs> he could, that, that's bod, that you're body shaming him. That mm-hmm. could, and a lot of people jumped on it. And I, I, I actually sent him a private message and I deleted the tweet. And I said, that, that is not me. That sure. is me angrily reacting to something. And I don't mean it. Um, and actually, I meant you're in a football pitch. I could just clatter you. So, you know, so I think we're all vulnerable to making assumptions about things very, very quickly. And when you see Jesse Lingard, I think it was last year in that hotel room, uh, I found it irritating. I just sure. thought, you know, whatever. But you're right. There's been drink culture in football. You know, I know they're not United players, but you look at what Tony Adams did, Paul Merson mm-hmm. did. For me, I think the, the treatment of Pogba, I saw Sheringham on about it yesterday as well. He's not played for a year. We know he doesn't want to be at the club, but you can't sort of say he's not a Roy Keane because no one's a Roy Keane. Sure. There is no Roy Keane. Skulls wasn't Keane. Right. Giggs wasn't Keane. Correct. So I like, I like, I have got no problem with Jesse Lingard off the pitch. I've got no issue with Paul Pogba off the pitch. If Pogba doesn't want to be here, he should leave. Jesse Lingard should leave because he's not good enough for Manchester United based on the last 18 months What I, that I've seen with my eyes. If he comes back Correct. in the next nine games and scores 10 goals, you go, ooh. Mm-hmm. maybe there's a future there but mm-hmm. I judge a player on what I see on the pitch because I think that's the safest thing to do but it's hard sometimes because what they do off the pitch can make people think well you're just judging them off that but for me it's about the football 
I just want to bring it back to Alexi Sanchez briefly. You talked about that being one of the worst deals in United's history, and I, I completely agree with you. The, the level of wages he's getting not only are, are, are massive and some would say obscene, but they also greatly unsettled the squad, hence the leverage that David De Gea had when it came to renewing his contract. Do you feel that Ollie's going to be under pressure if they can't offload him in another loan next year to, to give him another chance and make him an important part of the squad, even if it is on the bench? Well, I think it was a couple of weeks before this before Sanchez left last summer and Solskjaer was like, he's going to have a part to play. And then he left. And then he, he said it again in January. And I don't know whether Solskjaer was joking or not, but I feel sorry for Solskjaer on this one because it was Mourinho and Woodward's mistake. One of those two, you know, he was going to City and we basically made him a mercenary and paid him stupid money to make him stay at the club. So to, to come to the club... Um, He's, he was. We didn't scout him properly. Look, I'm a fan of United. I don't watch Arsenal games. I thought he would be a good signing. But you speak sure. to Arsenal fans and say he was bad for four or five months before you bought him. He was on the way down. So a bad signing that Solskjaer's got to deal with. But I, I think that it'd be a test of his manager, managerial uh, career at United. Because if I was the boss, I'd be like, I don't want him anywhere near the club. Don't want him anywhere near. Because even if he's the nicest guy in the world, he's on 400 grand a week and he's not good enough to play for this team. How can I build a team when he's running around or having 10 minutes off the bench or playing a Carabao Cup game and on double or treble what some of my star players are on? Even on that, and I've heard that he's not totally nice. I've heard he's a bit within himself and doesn't even want to be at the club. Mm -hmm. But that speculation, his wage isn't. And I think Solskjaer's got to try and remove him. But as we know, depends what the, the club and Edward Wood and the Glazers tell him to do on that one. Because, But it's not Solskjaer's mistake, but it could become his problem. Well, in slight defence, devil's advocate, <clears throat> the Manchester United that Sanchez is going to come back to is very different to the one he joined. And that type of attitude will not be tolerated in the dressing room. So maybe with the new attitude in the dressing room, with new expectations, with all the players pulling in the same direction, saying, look, <clears throat> if you don't, we no longer will it be acceptable for you to sulk and be selfish? You're going to have to be part of a group. And sometimes a change in the working environment can bring the best out of people. Sometimes we all adapt to the working environment that we, that we go to. If it's, if it's toxic, we, we will be the same. Uh, we don't want to stand out. So Sanchez is going to come back to a different Manchester United that's going to say to him, look, this really is your last chance at this level. Okay? Uh, and if you want to be successful here at this football club, you're going to have to change. So maybe that brings out, because the, there's still a player in the guy, right? I mean, we, yes, it hasn't worked out for him at United. And yes, it didn't play, it didn't well play well the last six months at Arsenal. It's almost like Fernando Torres all over again. But he's, he's still playing well for Chile in the Copa America. So maybe there's still a player there. Maybe there is something where you can get, because if United can't shift them, they'll have to find a way somehow to keep him in the squad. But when I look at that front three, I don't see how he puts any of them out of team on ability. I don't see, I don't want to see him block Mason Greenwood's pathway. Dan James has been an improvement on him uh, and Marshall Rice for where's he play. Um, but just quickly, I also want to ask you about Angel Gomez because there's two, two narratives on Angel Gomez. There's people have criticized him for not uh, signing the contract, his new contract, 30 grand a week. I made this point in the show the other day. Maybe it's not the money why he's not saying and Maybe the kid deserves credit for saying, you know what, 30 grand a week. I'm not going to get 30 grand a week at Chelsea or wherever he's going to go, but I need to be playing football. He needs to be playing football at 19. Maybe it's not the money is the reason why he's not saying it. Maybe he's not asking for more. Maybe he wants first-team football, which is a fair point. But when you look at what's happened over the last couple of years, Mark, 
You look at Mabry getting into the first team. You look at a lot of young, young players getting in the first team. There's something not complete in Joe Gomez. It's not just injuries that's preventing him from getting into the first team. What would you do with him? Well, I think you're right because you look at this season and it's infuriating how many chances Jesse Lingard and Andres Pereira have had in a position that Angel Gomez could have played. And he was injured sometimes, but he wasn't a lot of the time. So I don't know whether it's a height thing. It could be that. It could be they don't think he's you know strong enough to play in the Premier League. But I said it last summer, Chong and Gomez both should have gone on loan. You know, yeah. it's, not our, it's not our plan. Chelsea have done it very, very well. Why do we put players around our first team and think that that's developing them? It's mm-hmm. training. You know, we all know from any level, kicking the ball around at lunchtime with your mates or playing a match for your school or a Saturday team is far, is far more, it's far better. So he should have been on loan. I think that was the biggest problem. And we could have lost both of them. We could have lost Chong and Gomez for nothing for that mistake. I think he needs a career path. I think you're right. I think United have got to say to him, look, you're going on loan next season to Birmingham or, or Derby or whatever. And then we'll see when you come back, whether you're ready. Um, mm-hmm. Because Chelsea won't be able to offer him first team football. Um, there's, I don't think there's a Premier League club that he can go to that will offer him I mean Bournemouth might but they won't be able to pay him 20-30 grand a, a, right. a week so I think he's got to I don't know whether he is staying I've heard this week he is staying I've heard he's not but if he is staying he's got to go on loan for his, he's got to go on loan for his own career and because uh, he won't be in the first team next season either You mentioned the fact you would like to see players like him go on loan Chong as well Chong as we know has signed that new contract I personally would still like to see him go and get a full season of football under his belt next season. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that Ghana as well. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a couple of others that are knocking on that door um, in the youth setup that I'm not a fan of, unless you're going to do what Greenwood did or Rashford did, where you're going to go in or Ryan Giggs all those years ago, you're going to go in and you're going to get your place and, and, and you're not going to bypass it. People forget that people like Beckham went to play for Preston. So you've got, First team football, especially in our champ, we're so lucky to have the championship as competitive. It's, it's as competitive as the French league, if not mm-hmm. better. So it's a brilliant place to send some of these players and Oli needs to do it. And I think he made a mistake this year, but I haven't got a problem with Solskjaer making those mistakes because he is an inexperienced manager. So hopefully he's learned from it. Um, and if he can keep Gomez and Chong, like I said, he could have lost both of them. It's a second chance, get them out on loan next year, see what they're all about. And I guarantee one of them won't make it. But at least we're giving them the right, uh, the right atmosphere to go and do it. Because they they'll come back men. They'll go away as talent and they'll come back men if they're good enough. Well, people who don't understand this, the gap between under-23 football and the Premier League is just enormous. I talk to players that have, that have been there. I've talked to Danny Higginbotham quite a lot. He tells me this. So um, getting, playing in a championship, physically you develop. Um, uh, mentally developed because now you're playing meaningful games I think that is a wonderful way you see how many young players at Chelsea have, have, have benefited from that experience uh, we're almost done me Mark thanks very much for just being so generous with your time I want to ask you about Solskjaer mate uh, because you mentioned they're an experienced manager I've gone I, when, 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 I must admit I'm, I'm a prisoner at the moment myself when Solskjaer was winning games hand over fist it was such a contrast from what we've seen from Mourinho I really wanted him to get the job uh, I know sentiment got in the way. Then he went through that dip. But I think he deserves immense credit for guiding United out of that dip because it really would have been easy for him mentally to concede uh, and accept and, and listen to all the snipers and the doubts out there. He need to be very mentally strong. And not just the signings that he's improved. He's improved so many players in that team that never looked like they were going to make it. He's changed the, the, the environment United. He's changed everything. And the momentum was built. I mean, yes, Liverpool pushed up from in the league, but this 
Uh, th this also really hurt United because they lost that momentum. Are you convinced he's the right man for a job? Um, no, I'm not. Um, I'm going to be absolutely honest. I said after the Burnley game he needed to go. Um, and I stand by that. I thought at that point it was as bad as it was going to get and he did need to go. And a lot of fans pretend that they weren't at that stage and they were always backing him. And I think some did, but what were you backing him on after that? You know, you were backing him on hope and I don't think hope's a tactic for a club like United. But when they got Bruno, I said, I said before, I've been saying about Bruno for a long time, I said, if you get a player like Bruno, I'll give any manager another chance because I think he is exactly what we need. So they've gone yeah. and done that. We've seen the improvement. I think he's a lucky manager. I think he's lucky because Woodward doesn't want to sack another manager, so he's had sure. longer than the others. I think he's lucky because at times when he's looked like he's definitely going to lose his job and he's got Spurs and Man City, he beats both. And lucky man, and I don't you say can't in a bad see he was way. lucky to beat Spurs and Man City. No, 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 no. But I mean, I like you know, tactically superb in those games. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But you know, yeah. it's almost nobody would have predicted that. Of he totally, not. he totally deserved it, but nobody mm. would have predicted it. In fact, a lot of people didn't want it to happen because they were thinking, "Oh, Poch." So. I, I don't like that, by the way. I'm not a fan of. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. Anyone that wants the football club to lose because they want yeah. their guy in, I, I don't. That's where you stop. But go ahead, man. Sorry. No, no, I, I totally agree. So, and I think being lucky. Look, Sir Alex Ferguson was lucky, and and I almost I used to mock it. I used to say, "Oh, we're back in 1989 again," because people are saying, "Give him time." But I almost think if he does go and win a treble, nobody'd be happier than me if he goes and wins the league. I love it. I love Solskjaer. Mm -hmm. I, I'll always love him. But I do think he has had his moment, like the '89 season for uh, Sir Alex. I'll look back on that Burnley thing. I did say he should have gone after that. Um, he's rode the storm. I think, I think the lockdown's helped. I think it has given us a bit of time to get Rashford and Pogba back. I totally expect us to get top four, which is Champions League football, which means he's got to have another year, quite rightly. And I don't see how you can fail if you get Sancho in and, and, and keep building momentum. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is successful, and I want him to be successful. I just think it's a little bit too early yet to jump and say, yeah, look, He's definitely going to be successful. Um, yeah. but, but things are going his way. He's doing the right thing. The biggest thing for me is he's got to start playing good football because all these good results we've had are counter-attacking teams. I would have to say, though, since Bruno Fernandes came in, he, there was some tactical yeah. flexibility and they started playing well. They had periods yeah. where they weren't playing well. Of course, they were awful, but um, I've definitely in, uh, enjoyed that. Uh, Calm, I'll give you one more, mate, and then I'll take Marco. Go ahead, mate. Very quick question, Mark, based on your, your tweet. If we get Sancho, Werner and Bellingham, should we roll up the title bus? You know what? I, I actually think if Pogba stays and you get those three players, I know, I know it's very difficult and it'd be unfair and I wouldn't really seriously say we're going to, yeah, definitely win the title, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you can change things around very quickly. Pogba will be, Rashford will be back, Sancho on the right. Werner as a striker, Bellingham to give us a bit of depth. That back four is very good. I I think Liverpool deserve the title, obviously, sure. but I don't think they're as good as they they. I think it's been a bad league this year. I think Man City have been bad, and I think Chelsea have been bad, and we've been bad. I think next season, if there's a good team, I think Liverpool can be got at. I don't think it will be as because I don't think we'll do those transfers. But I I think maybe we are on that three-year plan that many people spoke about now. If we can just Pogba's massive. We could talk all night about Pogba, but mm -hmm. if Pogba stays and you add Sancho in and, and, and those two we've mentioned, I think that you're well on track to building a title winning side. We shall see, folks. As, a, as you all know who this individual is, Mark Goodbridge from the United Stand. Always a pleasure to have Mark on. Um, and for those of you out there, the criticism, let me tell you, I've had a gut full of this Puritanism of United fans that I'm a better United fan than you because 
I had a knitted shirt on in my mother's womb and this continuous game of one-upmanship just is absolutely ridiculous. I had tons of football shirts from other teams as a kid, as I'm sure many people did. And to be honest with you, I get a bit fed up with some of the stuff that comes my way uh, when I say I'm having Mark on the show. I will never stop having him on. I appreciate everything he does. People are entitled to exist in their own space. And if you don't like what someone does, leave him alone. Don't watch it. Um, he doesn't speak for anybody else. He speaks for himself. He speaks for his own channel. And uh, he's always been good to me. And uh, I appreciate everything you do, Mark. Thanks very much for joining us. I've been Calum on the show, mate. No, I've really enjoyed it. And all the best to uh, both of you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, pal. Cheers. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Thanks. Thanks. No worries.